Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Good Thursday. Let me clear up, Dan. It's not syphilis. It's not banging on the table that caused the bloody hand of President Trump. He has too tight of a grip golfing. Oh, is that it? That's, no, I'm telling you, you get calluses, you can get bleeding. Now, usually it's on the left hand. Oh, wait a minute. Is it? I, I'm looking at this picture backwards. Is it on the left hand or right hand? If it's the left hand, that explains everything. The bloody hand now, James Carville saying it's secondary syphilis. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, as, as a golfer, so, uh, you know, if President Trump wants a tip or two on that, Dan, I'm glad to help out how to avoid that. Well, don't you just wear a glove? Well, yeah, you do wear a glove, but it doesn't matter. You hit too many balls after you haven't hit them in raw conditions and all that. You can really get a bloody hand. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I don't think you it's... you go wash your hands before you do something like that? Well, it's... Oh, you mean take a... Well, it's a callus on your hand. You get calluses. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't know anything about calluses on hands. Well, send a fax over to them. Tell them I'll be happy to help uh, <laughs> play a little bit and show you how to avoid the calluses. All right, that's how wild this is uh, getting, to put it mildly. But on a serious note, this is interesting because um, tomorrow we're on the... Well, not the... We're on the cusp of a potential government shutdown again. And Mike Johnson... The speaker seems to be boxed in. Listen to the Ingram show. Laura Ingram last night had Speaker Johnson on on the border. Why in the world would we cave in with these Senate Republicans right now? We're winning on this issue. So if we don't get what we want, which I think is impossible to get, because I don't know how you stop Biden from allowing the border to be a sieve, no matter what he promises, then why would we make the deal to send all those billions to Ukraine if we're not getting what we want on the border. Ingram got a phone call from President Trump knowing that Johnson was going to be on. Listen to this exchange with Laura Ingram and Speaker Johnson. Mr. Speaker, thank you so much for joining us. Um, the, the president actually uh, just got off the phone with me right before the show, and he said he has spoken to you about this deal and that he is against it, and he urged you to be against this deal. He was extremely, President Trump was extremely adamant about that. Um, your reaction to that, given the fact that, look, he already, he knows how to do this enforcement stuff. You don't need some new bill coming out of the, uh, the Senate to get the border enforced. Yeah, President Trump is not wrong. He and I have been talking about this um, uh, pretty frequently. I talked to him uh, night before last about the same subject. We don't have the text of whatever the Senate has cooked up yet. And, and so we have to reserve judgment, I think, to see what comes out of it. It doesn't sound good uh, at the outset. But what I told the, the President Biden at the White House today is the same thing that I've been saying to him since I was handed the gavel to become Speaker, and that is our border, our national border, is national security. And we have to talk about the safety and the, the, the security and the sovereignty of America before we talk about 
about anything else. That has to be top of mind. That's what the American people demand. That's what they deserve. And that's what the House Republicans are united around. So well, that is the battle. And we got to get yeah. it done. Yeah, but the bottom line is the details. With this guy, look, I like Johnson a lot. I know a lot of listeners do. We've had Jeff Andrew and some others on. How do you set a metric to have a deal with Biden and Mayorkas on the border? And the answer is, I don't think you can. So what do we do? Well, that, that's why you reelect Trump. Well, but that's a long time now. With the, we, We've suffered through it. I want it as an issue. Here is um, Charlemagne the God, who, uh, boy, if Biden goes back on his show again as he did the last time and made a fool out, and Kamala Harris, but you almost have to if you want to get African-American voters. Just like Meek Mill, Dan, so uh, back to the Meek Mill thing for a moment. I may have gone too fast. Vivek Ramaswamy tweeted out supporting Trump and talking about black voters, working class. You're going to be surprised supporting Trump. And it was retweeted by Meek Mill. Then Scott Pressler jumps in and says, uh, can I come and do registrations at one of your concerts? <laughs> I got to get to that. I'll even buy a Meek Mill ticket, Dan. I'll buy one for you. We have to be there to cover Scott Pressler at a Meek Mill concert registering Republican voters. But Meek, Meek sees what's going on, and especially living here in Philadelphia, it's you got to look around and see just the havoc that's been right. wrecked by progressive policies. Yeah, so, but I, I think you're missing the secret sauce. What's Trump, that? Trump's celebrity, be it Kanye West, now maybe Meek Mill, a lot of Republicans, Dan, Rand Paul could say it better than Trump about take a look at what Philadelphia, what they've done, but they're going to go, eh, Rand Paul, you know, is nothing to them. Trump breaks through. I mean, it's a double-edged sword, though. I think yeah. Trump also is someone that would, uh, the celebrity status could piss off somebody like Meek Mill to, mm. to not vote for him. I think they're attracted to this. I don't, you know, want to say all that gangster rap stuff or whatever, because I know Meek Mill's not that, but I mean the gangster stuff. You hear that all the time with rappers and Trump. Maybe they're glomming on to him, too, sort of. I don't know why Meek Mill would have to, though. I mean, he's a major Well, I celebrity. mean, Trump's very flashy. Uh, there, yeah, was a, well, there was a right. song yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Mac Miller had about Donald yeah, Trump yeah. and yeah. his chains yeah, and that's, that's the what gold. I mean. and... Yeah. So I think maybe this is legitimate. Now, Meek Mill's probably being inundated with people telling him to simmer down. Maybe you'll be off probation again. You don't get your mind right here with Trump. But wow, what a breakthrough that would be registering Meek Mill voters. Uh, Scott's going to be joining us at one today. Ah, Scott Preser will be here, and we'll see if he's gotten a response from Meek Mill yet. Thank you, Dave. You've been on a roll this week. Kane yesterday, that interview is oh, still a uh, fun interview, Dom. Yeah, he was. We we got to get him here to Philadelphia in the summer. He's made for Mulligans. <laughs> he really is. And how anyway, about a I... match, Sam Orpezo against Kane Ooh. at Mulligans? After set a few beers, yeah, set up a cage here at Mulligans. Johnny, yeah. you hear us, man? Yeah. We can fit a you know an oh. octagon in there. I could see the I could see the lawyers for Odyssey. <laughs> So just a uh, real quick producer's notes. It, yeah. Go go back and listen to the interview if you missed it. One of our, yeah. the, the funner interviews we've had recently because he just opened up, Glenn, is uh, right. WWE career as Kane. It's available anywhere Odyssey podcasts can be found, iTunes. Uh, uh, so go find that or uh, check us out. It's also available on YouTube, youtube.com slash at 1210WPHT. We are actually live right now. So go like and subscribe and uh, come watch us. All right. Uh, certainly. Uh, now back to uh, Charlemagne. All right, here's what he said about his, well, he's probably the number one urban radio show that I know of anyhow, and oh, it has been for, for a while. I don't know how syndicated it is, but he's a major player. 
Here's what he said in an interview with uh, Fox Digital about Trump, but more importantly, he calls them migrants, illegal immigrants, and African-American voters. I have the privilege, man, of, uh, you know, doing morning radio and speaking to, you know, working class people every single day. I have the privilege of, you know, being involved in my community from, you know, New York to New Jersey to South Carolina, where I get to look people in the eyes and have, you know, real conversations, you know, with them. And, you know, people are really concerned about this issue. Like, I've, I've, I honestly have never spoken to as many people who are concerned about the migrant issue as I have, you know, o- over the past year. And, I mean, I've heard everything from, you know, uh, uh, the gang MS-13, you know, uh, overrunning neighborhoods. I've heard, um, you know, what we saw just happened in New York City where the migrants, they took 2,000 migrants and, and, and put them in the school and made the school stay home, made the, the students stay home and, 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 and uh, you know, do school via, via, via Zoom. And that was a big issue. Like, I mean, people were calling the radio station. That was just this week, you know, really, really, really complaining about that. So I've never seen, you know, working class people who I interact with every day until this past year really, really, really express their frustration for the migrants. And it's not even just the people. Like, you see politicians who once, you know, championed having the migrants in the city, like the mayor, Eric Adams of New York. Now they're like, yo, hold up. This is this is too much. You know, we've heard Vice President Kamala Harris say, hey, don't come. Like, we've, we've, we've seen that. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a real, 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 you know, uh, real big issue. All right, so here's the point. Let me put a button on it here. All right, whatever Mike Johnson, I, I'm suspect of Mike Johnson. All right, I know we like Mike Johnson, Speaker, aware this is going with the border to get a deal. It's beyond these Republican senators. We're winning on this. So even if we got uh, what Trump uh, tweeted out about a perfect deal, by that, I think what he means is, hey, let's not make a deal on the border with these people. They're not going to follow through on it. Yeah, but uh, we're in uh, January now, the election, November. That's 10 more months or so. I'm in the camp, Dan, that says it's worth it. It's worth it. And what I think will happen is... I don't think it'll be quite as bad. I think Biden is aching for a deal. He wants the Republicans to bail him out. I think he'll try to scale back a little bit because they recognize how bad this is for them. So why are we in a rush to make a deal and give untold billions to Ukraine? Would you say to make a deal? You trust Mike Johnson. Here's what here's what we're saying. You heard what Trump said. You heard what Ingram said. Do you trust Mike Johnson then to make a deal? Is it possible to make a deal with Biden on the border that you would trust? And I'd say the answer is no. You can't make a deal with that. And you can't make a deal with those Senate Republicans. They want open borders light, essentially. All right. 855-839-1210. Yes. Uh, Tom B. YouTube.com slash at 12 WPHT writes in Meek Mill for VP. Okay. Hasn't been decided yet. Yeah, that's right. Hasn't been. Let's see what the odds are. On, oh, I got stuff on this. Um, Bishop Pine, take a couple aspirin. Trump is, uh, Dan, talking Haley up so much or asking everybody about it. It'll come down to this. If Trump feels it's neck and neck and he needs to win, he might take Haley. If he feels he's got a little bit, even a little bit of a cushion, he's not going to take her. Here's what the big fear is. And I think it's a legitimate fear. 
And this is a reason I had not thought about, but now it dawns on me, a reason I wouldn't take Haley, would not take Haley. They're afraid Trump could be impeached again, although I'm not sure about that, given the House makeup. And Senate Republicans would vote, along with Democrats in the Senate, to oust him from the presidency in order to put Nikki Haley in there. That's how Machiavellian this whole play is. Kind of a soft coup, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's yeah, that's what they'd be afraid of. And I think you can box her in. A lot of other people now are telling Trump, no, you can't box her in. You put her in there, she's going to run wild, and then what are you going to do about it? She's the vice president. So she's up in the air. I think Trump really is impressed with Elise Stefanik, but he looks at it and says, what does she bring me other than she's great? She'd be great on the stump and the whole thing. But what does she bring me? She's from New York. She, well, she's a female. Um, she might have, was the one that did the Harvard stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, they made her mark. But they always want somebody that can bring you something else here. Is, is that it? I think that's who he really likes. Christine Noam. So I don't forget. Politico says today two reasons Trump won't pick her. One, South Dakota just enacted this really severe or tight abortion ban. And they do reference Corey Lewandowski and an alleged affair. So there's that. I I don't see her in the end because of the abortion thing. I think it could be Stefanik or Nikki Haley. They'd be the odds on choices as far as I can tell. All right, let me give you the side question. Today is National Thesaurus Day. So we want to know a word or phrase. There's a lot of phrases, too. Got Dan's approval on this one this morning. You'd like to strike, stricken, from the English language. All right, the one that I'm going to take off is the word like. We'd be a lot better off if Wait, it doesn't hold on. exist. You can't take like off the, like, the English language, Yeah, I'm though. taking it out. Taking it out. It's, you know, look, it's collateral damage. <laughs> I realize. comparisons now, though? I know. Well, I'm going to come up with something else. I'm going to say uh, Borowski <laughs> or something. Word. Yeah, new word. And I'm also going to take off, uh, it is what it is. No way. Yeah, you know, I mean, you're one. just bankrupt. It is what it is. People just walk around. It is what it just is. Complacency. Yes. Yeah, exactly. All right. What do you have? Um, I'm going to take one off that maybe I'm a little uh, self-conscious about it because I use it way too much. Um, but because of Jen Psaki, she kind of ruined it. Circle back. Oh, I don't mind circle back. You don't mind I, it? I like it. Do you? Yeah, I, I like She did overuse it. Because but... I, I, I specifically write looping back now because okay. I don't want to use the word circle because of her. I like the circle back, though. It always it has a big leg appeal inside the media to me. You're right. She did it so much, though. It kind of got tarnished, but she's not there now. And one that's kind of fallen off. It's fallen out of uh, favor, I guess, of the left. That being a nothing burger. Yeah, I heard nothing. Oh. Gaslighting has replaced it. That's yeah. a nothing burger. You're gaslighting me. It is what it is. Well, it's 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 because things have switched around now, and yeah. there's, uh, someone else is gaslighting, and it's their, it's oh, their yeah, team, right. you know? All right. Uh, coming up, the Uvalde, Texas report is out. And I'll give you the headline. Cops there and the people in charge of cops were an abysmal failure. They did not come in and rescue kids. So what's the solution? I'll tell you what the solution is. That even with cops there... It's an, you may remember that. It's close to two years ago. The report is startling of what went on there. Those poor kids. So can you always rely on cops? No, sadly, you can't. We saw that in the high school shooting in Florida, too. 
So what is the uh, solution, if there is one, when it comes to school shootings? Tom Giordano's show. It, it's painful to uh, speak the truth about what happened in Uvalde, Texas. But the report out from the Justice Department, and it's buttoned up, tells us that 77 minutes they waited. There were cops on the scene there, one sort or another, as this guy was massacring kids. You know, the bureaucracy of, well, we don't know what's happening here, so can we rush in? What will happen? 77 minutes of this. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now, it seems like it happened 100 years ago, so... I think the better solution that, well, of course, you hope the police response is going to be effective. But if you have somebody armed at the school, be it a former cop, however different departments do it, or a principal, vice principal, somebody, the gym coach that can pack a weapon away, they know everybody. There's more of a bond. There's more of a connection. I think you'll get a better result. So is Uvalde a, an outlier? Remember what happened in Columbine? They, weren't, they didn't rush in either as the massacre continued. Sometimes it's uneven with different police departments. Let's face it, about the response you're going to get. Then we have the situation at the high school in Florida where the cop who was stationed at the high school didn't enter the building. Here, though, it was a massive number either ordered or they wouldn't do it. 77 minutes. It's a huge failure. And it gets at the fact that we still have not arrived effectively at an ability to have a fighting chance to protect kids in school. 77 minutes. And look, you can be pro-cop all that you want. No one's more than I. But you got to call it as you see it. And I said right at the beginning that this was pretty obviously a monumental failure, big time a failure. All right, before I'm coming to your calls today, National Thesaurus Day, hit us with that word or phrase you once stricken from the English language. You heard, Dan? Three months ago? Three months ago. I don't want to hear like. I want you to take like out of the dictionary. (laughs) That that Judge Judy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. um, Listen to this guy. It could be worse than having Nick Sirianni. Uh, This guy is the new head coach following Bill Belichick on top of it, Jared Mayo, former linebacker, and now the new head coach. And he's asked in a news conference, look, some of this started out with the, uh, I mean, the, the sports media people right away 
first black head coach. Well, he's not, and they went through a whole dance. Just like this uh, person that asked Todd Bowles the other day about playing in a cold Detroit, and he said, well, they have a dome. I mean, it's just idiots. <laughs> you think the, the other media covering politics are these people. My God. All right, so they get to this point, and then this guy is the ultimate DEI guy. Robert Kraft, who owns the team, says, well, I don't look at color here. This guy was the best person to do the job. You would think the last thing the NFL wants to look at is color and diversity and all that. And I've always said, Dan, well, then we need some five-foot-five Eskimo guy dribbling with two hands and his underwear hanging out of his pants in the NBA if you want diversity. They want any edge they can get by any molecule to win. Why, why, why the underwear out of the pants, though? I'm just trying to paint a picture. <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've seen stuff like that. I've seen very interesting to see. You know, growing up south, we played teams that were bad, and you had a, a guy underwear hanging out of the pants. <laughs> DJ coach specific details. DJ coach once, and he had to put this kid in the game. It was one of those league situations where you got to put people in. And he had the jacket on. You wear uh, like glows if you're playing construction and all. I like, put an orange cone out there, and he had boots on. I mean, you know, it happens. I had you a never... kid that he used to play with khaki pants. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So the underwear hanging down the five foot six Eskimo guy. Uh, let's have diversity there. Let's put that guy at quarterback. Listen to this guy though, taking over the New England Patriots. I do see color because I believe if you don't see color, you can't see racism. And whatever, whatever happens, black, white, disabled person, I've always, even someone with disabilities, I always, uh, you know, for the most part, people are like, you know, don't, you know, when they're young, they, they kind of make the spot hot. Younger people know what that means. But what I would say is, like, no, I want you to be able to go up to those people and really understand those people. So it goes back to whatever it is, black, white, yellow, it really doesn't matter, but it does matter so we can try to fix a problem. That we all know we have. Wow. Nick Sirianni looks like he's splitting atoms over there at the Novacare Center. Man. <laughs> I do see color. Now, this is the pushback. You're not allowed to say anymore you don't see color. If you do, progressives or this mangled thought of this coach will come out and they'll tell you you're not going to fix a problem unless you see color. How's that going to help me fix the problem? Well, then you'll see racism all over the place. I mean, that's what he's getting at. So you must see color. After Robert Kraft, the owner, said, well, I hired the guy. I thought this guy can continue the Belichick legacy and all this stuff. I'm not hiring somebody to be a first. I want to win now. Fans don't care who it is. If you can get them one more win, win the Super Bowl. They don't care who the person is. They... I, I put a picture of a, a flower up, right, and that it's and it's coming through the ground, and the roots oh, are man. growing out, and the roots and the roots are continuing to grow. Out. And everybody wants to see yeah, results. Yeah, Shoot, yeah, we nobody coach. wants to see results. Who hired us, this right? guy? We want to see like... results too. Can you see Jeffrey Laurie over there? I hired this guy. What is he a botanist? <laughs> is this uh, horticulture botanist. that we're going to have with the team? My God! But this guy, I do see color. Challenging it. Ah, uh, bring him to Philadelphia. This this would be every day. We'd have another soundbite. All right. It's 855-839-1210. The big story of the day. We're closing in now on this deal. Trump is sending the signal, I think, not just get a perfect deal and all that. You know what he's saying, and he's right. Hey, why do we want to race and do a deal on the border? Well, we want to stop this. America's being overrun. That's what people want. Let's face it. 
You want to kind of say that, but there is no deal you're going to get from Biden that makes me believe it's worth, remember what the trade-off is, $30 billion or more to Ukraine. So I think Trump is saying, why do this then? Well, we got to do this now. You can't be suggesting we wait it out to the, oh, yeah, that's what I am saying for two reasons. One, then we don't have to pay Ukraine more. Two, I don't believe you can get them on the border to give us what we need. Do you? That they'll follow it. What are you going to do if they don't? All right. So uh, hopefully we'll get Jeff and Drew on. He's in the center of all this. And it's coming to a head as far as the budget and getting this deal done. And there are signs that Biden gets it that this is trouble for him. Illegal immigration. He's not going to stop it. But he's going to. Their tactic now is to blame Republicans. I know that's ridiculous, but I've seen 10 examples today already of various Democrats saying, well, we want a deal. We played you Kamala Harris yesterday on The View, and Republicans don't want a deal. They want the issue. Well, you know what? Deep down, yeah, because there is no deal to be made here. What possible deal can you make here? All right, let's go to um, Kate. She's in Valley Forge, and Kate is in on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Kate, good afternoon. Hey, Don, how are you today? Good, Kate. You know what? I'd like to see somebody think like a Democrat when we deal. If you've got the power, is there anything more important? I think that is the bridge you fall, you know, you fall down on. That, or, you know, you just don't. Whenever we're going to be in better position, it could only get worse. Well, so, exactly, anyway. because there's no deal to be made that they'll absolutely follow. They'll pretend at it for a little bit, then do what they want. And then what are you going to do if you call them on it? You've already started to give the money to Ukraine. I don't see how this works. Well, you know what? So then you say, I mean, we've got to augment it with better communication. I mean, I was thinking the other Oh, what happened there? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Katie, call us back. We'll get yeah, your uh, just yeah. We'll get your words uh, that uh, we want stricken from the English language or a phrase. The phrase might be a winner today. Uh, Danielle and Marlton is next in on Talk Radio twelve ten. Hey, yeah, uh, Danielle. Hi. Um, my phrase is that being said. Okay. What do you object to with that? What would you put in its place? <laughs> or you just don't like? You think it said know. too much. I- no, but I feel like any time anybody start, says a sentence, and then after that they say, that being said, and then they go on to the, their next sentence. All right, so it's overdone. Yeah, I think it yeah, has it its place, but it is overdone. Uh, the other is, Dan, our friend that heads the Radnor School Board, at least she did. The woman who says, as for me, as for me, as for me, oh, yeah. oh yes, oh, yeah. that's always like, I'm taking one for the team. That's ultimate virtue signaling. All right, I was telling someone this morning who does talk radio, and he was asking, other than the election, what's the issues, the type of issues that are bubbling up? Well, we got the guy next. So much so that Gavin Newsom stepped in yesterday and said, I'll veto it if you ban tackle football for kids under 12 in California. We have the VP of the California Youth Football Alliance, who was on the side of saying this is ridiculous. All right, we'll see if we can make his case next on this and take us inside how this was stopped. That's next here and the side question with Dom on Talk Radio 1210.
All right, let's uh, tag Anthony Dorenzo in to be producer. Then we'll have a lot of vowels uh, here. Dom Giordano, Anthony Dorenzo. <laughs> Italians. And our guest, uh, Steve Famiano uh, versus Dan Borowski. Yeah, I feel left out as a Polish yeah, guy over here. Yeah, exactly. All right, Steve is the VP of the California Youth Football Alliance. Was much in the news. They were getting ready for a victory lap yesterday. Or a challenge, really. And then uh, Governor Newsom jumped into the ring and said, I'll veto what progressives wanted to do. We had a lot of action on this yesterday. Let's go to Steve Famiano here on Talk Radio 1210. Hey, Coach, uh, congratulations on this uh, victory for common sense. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. I I appreciate the airtime today. Well, uh, Steve, let me ask you, though. um, Would you encourage, if you have kids or had kids, I play a lot of sports. I'm big in sports, and I certainly wouldn't tell parents what to do. That was the core of the issue. But uh, why kids under 12? What's the advantage of having them play tackle football in your view? Yeah, there's a lot of advantages, in it, and I'll keep it to this debate currently, um, what, what we've been dealing with. So um, the state of California was basically trying to push kids 12 and under to play flag football only. No tackle football here. You know, and there's a problem with that. Flag football is a great sport. It's a great activity for kids. We are supportive of flag football 100%. The problem was is that, you know, tackle football is such a great team sport that it's very inclusive, you know, and that term is used a lot in politics, right, inclusive, because flag football would eliminate um, a lot of positions for kids that maybe would typically play the O-line or the defensive line. Okay. You know, kids who maybe, you know, will never play quarterback and things like that. So that's one of the debates in this issue. Um, And this thing actually turned into a parental rights issue, to be honest with you, from – it went from football safety – to parental rights. Well, um, science uh, that I've seen, look, um, I think the science is settled. You're playing in the NFL or high college and NFL, it's about a 30% risk of CTE. But kids this young, the science doesn't indicate that. No, it does not. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up. That That is a 100% accurate statement. The science, um, and, and even to be honest with you, I've been doing this for six years with the state of California because we had a ban bill that was introduced in 2018. So I, I've, I've become very familiar with not only the science of CTE and the safety issues with football, but we've delved deep into this issue. And for every study that says kids playing football is bad for them, there's another study to contradict that. So this is very inconclusive at this time, and, and we just believe the state should not be banning kids from playing youth sports. So how do you go about, though, look, and I know you try, but the other argument, I guess, is you can do all that you want, and you're not going to have some kids that are tackling correctly, even though they might know the proper form, they're not going to do it in the heat of the moment. Yeah, that, that, that's valid. Um, I can't say that every child that plays youth tackle football in the United States is either being taught how to tackle properly or is tackling properly. But that's a smaller that's a smaller facet of this debate than the bigger scope of what we're dealing with here. Um, and like I said yesterday on our Capitol Steps in Sacramento, we had a press conference yesterday, and that was the first thing that came out of my mouth. I cannot believe that a debate about youth football safety has become a national debate 
about parental rights. It's something that we never anticipated in our in our life of, of doing this. Well, it is. It's at the core of all this stuff, Steve. So absolutely. Because, again, I don't know about you. I would prefer my sons play basketball. And so did I. I would prefer they not play football, particularly at that age. But I think the point is solid. There's no evidence here that says you're a bad parent if you're engaged in this. You're rolling the dice too much. It's just uh, not the case. Wanted to ask you in California now, a hotbed of great football players, kind of like Florida, Pennsylvania, Texas. Uh, what's happening with the high school teams? Are you seeing the usual complement of kids, or is it difficult to field, say, 40, 50, 60 kids? Yeah, it, it's been a problem. Um, football participation in, at the youth level, which we'll consider under 18, under 18, which, which includes high school and youth football, the numbers have been dropping, but part of that is because of the headlines. You know, there's been a lot of negative headlines over the years, including the movie Concussion and things like that, that have come out basically, you know, you know, putting a black cloud over the sport. And I think for myself personally now and some of us here in California, we're going to kind of start turning the narrative around and, and pushing a different narrative that it's okay for your kids to play football. It's good for them to play football. And one key point I want everybody to understand in this debate, most children who play youth football will not go on to play high school football. The numbers drop at the Mm -hmm. high school level. That's a key point in this debate is that you're going to exclude a sport for kids that they'll probably only have that chance to play at that age, at 9, 10, 11. Yeah, well, let me ask you the question we have a lot of fun with here, too. How big is uh, a non-sport called a sport, the world sport, the real football, soccer? <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's, you know, we can include a lot of other children's activities in this in this debate, right? Yeah. Um, you know, the number one, the number one child activity that sends more kids to the hospital are is bikes. Ah, right. Football is yeah. second. Yeah. yeah. Football is second to that. And then falling in line with that is soccer, um, you know, baseball, basketball, and, 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 and different things like that. So this is a broader scope than what the author of the bill, who we like to call Mr. Banyu football, um, Kevin <laughs> McCarty. Um, yeah. He, he, he's trying to push this issue into a tunnel. You know, youth football, CTE, ban it. And it's it's a broader discussion. And, and we've been in dialogue with the state of California over this issue for the past six years. Um, myself and our organization worked with a former assembly person here, Jim Cooper, who is now Sacramento County Sheriff, to create the nation's first and most comprehensive youth sports safety bill. It's called the California Youth Football Act, AB1. It sets standards for youth football in our state that bill just passed in 2019 and here we are again fighting youth football ban bills yeah it's a virtue signaling how it looks and you know this guy ban mr ban football it's probably his one issue we're talking with vp of california youth football alliance steve famiano so uh steve were you guys expecting gavin newsom to jump into the ring put a stop to this by saying he would veto it uh, he has presidential aspirations big time, and I think he saw the fire that was raging uh, nationally around this. It was gathering. 
Very good question. So you got to look at it from a broader standpoint across the United States and look at it from this standpoint. And this is where I think everybody will understand where Gavin Newsom's decision came in. No state in our country has banned youth football yet. Mm -hmm. Gavin Newsom, our governor, was not going to be the first governor to ban youth football in our state. <laughs> yeah. That is that is not a very attractive bill to sign from any governor in our state. So um, we, we, we had thoughts that maybe that it would go that route. We did not know necessarily that the governor was going to come out this soon. Um, uh, okay. You know, we, we, we had some intention. We, look, we were going to take this all the way to Governor Newsom. Once it passed committee last week here in California, our group was set and prepared to take this all the way to the governor's office and, and protest the governor if we found out that he was leaning towards signing this bill. But when we looked at the broader scope of this debate, I don't know which governor in the country would be willing to be the first one and go on record and put that on their political career. I, I think it's political suicide, to be honest with you. Yeah, I can see Whitmer in Michigan. Give her time. She might do it. But you're, <laughs> but you're, but you're right, Steve, that uh, you know what? Imagine a governor of Texas saying, I'm sorry, Pennsylvania, our governor. Uh, you know, this is big time upstate Pennsylvania football. No, it's not happening. I'm glad you guys uh, won on this. Uh, Steve, uh, since you're connected to youth football, et cetera, yeah, get, hit us with something that you've, you've found that maybe we don't know about what's going on with kids and sports, particularly football. What occurs to you? Anything? Um, just a lot of the positive aspects, you know, okay. and the, commu the community the community connection to youth sports and football in general. You know, youth football and high school football across our country is so interconnected, and that builds community. Um, you know, I get the safety risk issue, and I totally understand that, but – this is such a great sport for building community and and growing leaders too. Um, you know, growing our next leaders. You know, you're you're not going to get the discipline and the direction you get from youth football or playing football that you will from playing tennis, and that's just a fact. Absolutely. Well, Steve, thank you very much. Hope that we talk with you again. Congratulations on all this. Appreciate the time, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Steve Famiano here on Talk Radio 1210. Again, the CTE here at this level is ridiculous. And he's right. A lot of these kids are only going to play now. They're never going to play again. It ought to be a parental. It, it comes back to it ought to be a parental rights issue. You know, he's um, not doing this every day. All this stuff comes back to being parental rights. And Newsom <laughs> jumped in because, yeah, he's got aspirations. He didn't want to be put in the spot of having to sign this. So he said, I'm going to veto it, even to progressives. All right, 855-839-1210. Uh, coming up, saw this on the five yesterday. There are a group of people who really, if, if you really think paying off student loan debt is bad, wait until you hear what one group, about 10% of those that have student loan debt are doing. And we'll take your uh, answers on the side question, National the Sothorian. National Dictionary Day or Synonym Day. Uh, hit us with that phrase or that word that you want stricken from the English language. I think the big raging story developing today, though, is what's happening with illegal immigration, Trump feeling it, seeing the polling, seeing everything on it, and publicly telling Mike Johnson, don't agree to this border deal.
I wouldn't do it either. What what's Biden going to get? And you got to get it past the Senate Republicans. They want to continue a lot of this. They just want to do a little bit less of it. Good Thursday, everyone. It is uh, Dom time. I hope you enjoyed Coach uh, Fabiano. I made a lot of good points here about what the heck uh, went on. And Gavin Newsom was uh, smart politically. Uh, Most people, other than in just some virtue signaling uh, cavern, are going to be against this. It is a parental rights issue. All right. The group that should be singled out here. Saw this on Fox yesterday, and Fox has a piece up on it. About 10% of student loan borrowers that still have a lot to pay in a survey connected recently. Well, it was closer to to 20%. They're holding off paying their bills intentionally in an effort to pressure the government into canceling those debts. They say, well, you know, why be the person who caves in and pays these off? Because who knows what Biden might do or somebody else might do or Biden in a second term. You know, it's a negotiating position. So you can imagine after all this, after all the loan forgiveness that's already happened, all the groups and everything else, all the time off during the pandemic, refusing to pay and forming a group. They uh, said they, the boycott, they think, will draw attention to the student loan debt conversation. 64% say they believe it's highly or somewhat likely that the boycott will help elect political candidates who believe in loan forgiveness. Well, there's no loan forgiveness in that somebody's paying for it. It's the taxpayers that are paying for this. So they will continue to hold out and not pay, and they're feeling, look, is the Biden administration really during this election year fully going to go after people not paying their student loan debt because they want those votes, so they don't want to do anything now until this is resolved, they get another grace period. After all this, after all the shame of the attacks, the back and forth, you still have significant numbers of people with student loan debt. Now, as this gets publicized, you know what will happen. Those that have started to pay up somewhat, they're going to say, hey, why am I doing that too? I haven't heard Republicans talk about this recently. Look, I get it. Inflation, immigration, those are uh, huge, huge things. And immigration is breaking right now. But this is an issue to go back to. People don't like this. By the way, what does a Snickers bar have to do with how people feel about inflation, New York Times has a new tactic, and I like to chronicle these, to push back on inflation. I'll explain in the next hour. We're going to talk with Scott Presler, a guy who knows the mail-in ballot, registering voters, second to none in the country that I know of. He's now back and forth with Meek Mill, wanting to register Republican voters and mail-in voters at Meek Mill concerts. Oh, my God. That would be a spectacle that uh, I don't think. Well, we'll find out. We'll find out what Presler has learned. He's been doing a lot of other things. He's working on the Amish and truck drivers and gun shows, too. Uh, Let me take one quick one here. Bill in Bucks County. All right, Bill, what's the word or phrase to strike? At the end of the day. What do you have against that? Is it? Oh, I see. What each person that calls in, I like that. Or is it overuse, or you, you just don't like it? 
I don't like it. <laughs> Why? What's wrong with it? There's nothing. I, I think it, it capsulates it's repetitive. it. repetitive. It's redundant. It just goes on and on. How about when it all is said day. and done? No, that's not good. The end it's of the, the day is much different. Well, I, Why? Well, what would you say? You're going to yeah, say. What, what would you say, Bill? That's pretty cumbersome when all is said and done. What would you say then, Bill? <laughs> I think he hung up here. To right. conclude? Yeah, no, at the end of the day. It, it, it's just overdone. You don't want to use it too much. In other words, it signifies, look, here's what's going to happen no matter what you say. This is it. This is where it's going to lead. Here's another one that compares to it. Fred on YouTube.com slash at 12th and WPHD. Dining with Dom says, uh, Nick Kale's favorite expression, let's put a bow on it. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. It's similar to that, though. Well, like, my, like, you know what my favorite expression on. is? Either he's buttoned up or he's not buttoned up, and I'm standing on that. I'm going with the button up. You're not going to strike that. Yes. If you're buttoned up, you know exactly what I mean. What, what else? What's wrong with the end of the day? I don't think people overuse it. If there's they a, overuse it, then I'm in agreement. There's a yeah. phrase that begins with money that you often use that maybe we can try. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's 855-839-1210. Maybe we'll hit your favorite. You can call in and rebut that, too. Scott Presler is next. At the end of the day, will he rescue us here in Pennsylvania? <laughs> when all is said and done, I think he will. And Fisher Pine wants to know, the Biden people are spending $140 million, and they're making stars of everyday people. There won't be announcers. They're going to talk. And a lot of it's centered where? In Pennsylvania. Right, what do I say every day? Just give me Pennsylvania. Push on everything you have. Win Pennsylvania. Yeah, what about the other states? Really you win Pennsylvania, you're going to win. Put a bow on it, as Nick Kale would say. Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till 3, from Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.